Sally Joe had said that when she gave that word, uh, when she spoke in tongues, that what she was hearing or seeing is um, almost exactly what you were, what came out. So she was getting an inkling, and she almost wanted to do it herself, and it was good that it came from another person. Because I had actually heard the same thing, and I was actually reading <clears throat> this morning Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4, which um, says that he will actually give you a word to speak, but an ear to hear. So that ear to hear is the word for today. That, uh, and again, when, when, a, when tongues are brought forth, it's always important that there's an interpretation. So we wanted to wait for that, of course. So, so that's just a confirmation of that interpretation. Amen? Yeah. I'm hearing stuff out of your phone here. Is Denny in the back? Um, his phone is actually, I hear, almost like I'm hearing what's happening in, back there in the back. We're recording it up here, so I don't know what's going on. I guess the recording back there isn't working. I'll just get away from that. I'm hearing these voices. Can you guys hear them too? We might not be able to. Uh... Hey, there we go. See, someone who knows what they're doing. Thank you, Josie. <laughs> we want to get this recorded, so we're trying to get this recorded, and uh, we're having trouble. Um, Karina, you know how to get the recording going? You got it going? So we can turn off this phone? Hallelujah. See, Jesus answers a question. Jesus is king, you know it? Jesus can do anything. All that time I thought I was getting word from angels. I was listening with my ear and I was actually getting somebody up here. So I had to go back up here and listen some more. But it was coming out of his phone. One time um, I was sitting over here and the chairs were a little different. And we were just praising the Lord and the glory was falling. The kind of glory was just heavy. And people were seeing a little bit of gold dust here and there. And I was about in here with Deborah. We were in these side pews, and I looked down, and I said, a diamond, a diamond. God's given us diamonds. I picked up this diamond, and I'm showing everybody this diamond. And then Lynette comes walking by and says, I lost a stone out of my ring. And <laughs> was her oh, well. <laughs> we found it, yeah. Thank you, Lord. We just thank you and praise you. You are king. You are Lord. And we ask you, Father God, that you speak your word today. As we heard already, let us have ears to hear. Let us focus our hearing on you and what you have to say. Take this clutter that we're hearing right now of the flesh and of the world and just put it aside. We want to focus and hear from you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen and amen. Well, you don't see Pastor Brenda today. She's downstate. She's going to have a great message come next week about fasting and prayer. And um, so that, that's good. She's down visiting family. And also, Dennis and Sue, they're still not doing well. Still sick. We're just going to be praying for people, so it'll be good. Um, you know, um, in, in the salvation, in the word saved, it means made whole. It, it does cover not only our souls, but it also covers our physical bodies, too. So we're going to do some praying here for everyone. Um, before we leave here. So I know it's that time of year for each of you to make New Year's resolutions and, you know, to restart the, the new year. 2019 may have been a great, great year for many of you and maybe not as great, but God is great all the time. Amen. And when we live close to him, that's what counts. 
Sometimes we go through the valley of the shadow of the death, but he's always there with us, and he brings us through to the other side. So um, 2020 is right upon us just in a few years, a few years, few days. So thank you, Lord. So I want to just talk about our assignment and why we're still here as Christians a little bit. I know we talk about this a lot, but I just want to share that with you on why you're still on this earth and what you're here for and maybe get refocused upon that. Uh, many people make New Year's resolutions to get rid of the, you know, some fat and stuff off their body and different things. And we just um, want to get closer to God. I want to get closer to God in 2020. Do you all want to get closer to God in 2020? Anybody, anybody, anybody who didn't raise their hand, is there anything else you want to get close to? Or? Um, so, you know, as we take our last breath on this earth, our life really begins, and we've got heaven's glory waiting for us for all eternity. But while we're still on this earth, we've got these few short years on this earth, and we don't know when the Lord's going to come. We don't know when he's going to take us home. But we should be about it, the Father's business. Amen? So um, I want you all to turn to Matthew 24, verse, verses 44 through 46. Matthew 24, verses 44 through 46. And as you're turning there... Um, I think I, I've got it printed out because I'm going to read it out of the Amplified, which is just a little bit different than my New King James that I got open here. <clears throat> it says in Matthew 24, verses 44 through 46, You also must be ready, therefore, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not know when to expect him. Who then is the faithful, thoughtful, and wise servant whom his master has put in charge of his household to give to others the food and the supplies in proper time. Blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied is that servant who, when his master comes, you will find him so doing. And, um, you know, a lot of times we look at these things, and it's in the scripture on Matthew 24, but then in Matthew 25 it talks about um, the parable of the talents, but basically we've been given stewardship over our lives, stewardship over what he has given us to share with others, stewardship over the gospel, stewardship over the Great Commission. And he's given us these things. And it says that we're not going to know the day or the hour, but someday each one of us are going to have an appointment with the king. And he's going to come back and kind of check out as he's taking you home with him, is how did you steward what I had given you? How did you steward what I had given you? And uh, the parable of the talents, it talks about, and that's in Matthew 25 verses, well, I'll just read it to you, Matthew 25, which is just a chapter over. And there's two verses I, I'm going to read to you, Matthew 25, 21, and 23, they're the same, exactly. His master said to him, Well done, and good, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over little. I will put you in charge of many things. Share in the joy of your master. And he said that twice. Once to the one with five talents, he used it to multiply them. Once to the one with the two talents to multiply them. And he said something completely different to the one who went and hid their talents, and I'm not going to go into that. But God has given us each talents to use on this earth. And I just urge you, as we get into this time of fasting here next week, we get into this time of prayer, that you begin to just refocus on what he's given you 
and use it for his glory in the assignment that he's given you today. You know, as I study great men and women of God, um, and we all have done that, but I, I just want to share, I really, really search after when I study these great men and women of God, when I study Paul in the Bible and Peter, when I study people like David Hogan and, and John G. Lake and Charles Finney and, and um, um, Catherine, Catherine Coleman, and, you know, we can go on and on and on of these people. But when we study them, and when I study them, I'm looking for how did they do this? What brought them to this place? And I want to share with you three things that I found out that's very that's common to every one of these people I mentioned and should be common to all of us. And so I would just want to share these with you. But to do that, I want to start by reading out of John chapter 14, verse 10. And I'm just going to read it because I'm going to again use the amplified version. It says, do you not believe that I am the Father? Let me restate that. John 14, 10. This is Jesus speaking, so let me begin to say it again. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? What I am telling you, I do not say on my own authority and my own accord, but the Father who lives continually in me does his works, his own miracles, his deeds of power. One of the things that I see in these great men and women of God, one of the things that I see in Jesus, one of these things that I see in Peter and Paul and the New Testament saints is they were so filled with the presence of God that it saturated them. And wherever they were, it was the presence of God that they were carriers of this presence. That it was their goal, that it was their, they were determined to be so one with the presence of God. I've been reading a few books with, by David Hogan, and wow, that guy is like out there. I mean, he is like, how is he so on fire for God? And he just simply says it this way it's the presence of God. I live in the presence of God, and I stay in the fire. Matter of fact, I had gotten a word very similar to that. I had had been reading then, seen in a in a kind of in a vision like the as I'm reading in the book Revelation, the eyes of Jesus now as he's resurrected are like flaming fire, and you know you begin to say, "Wow!" Because John, his beloved um, apostle who loved him, who basically would lean on his chest, actually once he saw the resurrected Jesus, like he went out in the spirit. Um, so. I'm meditating on this, the flames of fire of God. And I, I hear clearly, you need to stay in the fire. You need to stay in the fire. We need to stay in that fire. Our problems are when we get outside that fire. Here's what um, Jesus was saying. Basically, he said a couple things in this verse. Not my own authority or my own accord. It wasn't about Jesus at all. It was about the Father. He wasn't walking in his own ways. He wasn't walking in his own accord. He wasn't doing his like Sunday and Wednesday thing or Sunday thing or paying his tithe, whatever, and then living his life the way he wants and had all these other hobbies and all these other things he was doing. It was solely fixated on 
his way, not my accord, not what I want, only what he wants. That's not my own authority, not my own accord. The other part of this verse, as he said, he lives continually in me. He lives continually in each and every one of you. It says that the Holy Spirit, when you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit came to live continually or forever in you. You have the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, turn to your neighbor and say, I have the Holy Spirit. And then tell them they do too. And it's the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And he lives in you and makes alive your mortal body to do through the power that he has to do his will, to do his work. That Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of the living God, is living in you. Matter of fact, in Ephesians 1.3, now that you've got the Holy Spirit, it even says all the things of heaven God has lavished on you so you can get the job done. Now I'm paraphrasing that. So I've got the Holy Spirit of God. Basically, I have the resurrected King Jesus. Hallelujah. And it says there's no other name greater. We actually read, I actually sang some of that. We have all those things. So I have the resurrected Jesus, the one with the glowing fiery eyes. <laughs> Come on. I have the Holy Spirit of the living God. I have all the stuff, all the stuff to do the job because it says that I'm an heir of God and a joint heir of Christ. So God has done all his part for us. So if we're not, and I don't, I'm not saying this to shame anybody, but if we're not living in that, it's not God's fault. Would it, is it? But, but he is offering it to us. So I know that when I read about people like David Hogan and like John G. Lake, when I look at Paul, Paul who says this in 1 Corinthians 2.2, 2, he says, I've determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul was so single-focused. And then he said something like this in uh, Philippians. He says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. When we die, we got all of heaven's glory for all eternity. Dying to us is like, like the beginning. So why we're on this earth, why not live totally for Christ in these few short years that we have? And so when I see and read and understand more and more and more about these great heroes of faith, they understood that it was not their authority. It was his. That he was living continually in them. And it was his power in them that's touching people through them. That's why I know that when I lay hands on the sick, they're going to be healed. Not because of who I am but because of him living in me and touching you through me. Well, all we are now is the conduit or like the extension cord. Here's the big power unit. That's God. All the power, all the power. Now we've got an extension cord, and I'm that extension cord. And my job is to plug people in. Boom, boom, boom. Once I get God, look out there, there's no demon big enough. There ain't no sickness Large enough, there's no trauma that can touch you that's bigger than God. And Jesus came to set us free from all that junk and to get us back on course. And then our job as we live on this earth from here on is to bring Jesus, the gospel, that gospel, to the world. Amen? All the other stuff is peripheral. 
All the other stuff is okay as long as you're totally focused on this first. So we got to get back to the true focus. So the first thing is, is they knew the presence of God. They had, they knew who lived in them. The second thing, they had singleness of focus, and I started to talk about that. So the first thing is they knew who lived in them. Do you know who lives in you? Do you really know who lives in you? So why would the enemy have any authority to mess with you if the Holy Spirit lives in you? Greater is he that lives. Come on, you know the rest of that verse. Than he who lives. So the one who lives in the world is trying to get on you. I, here's a, another story that maybe will help a little bit. We're all on a path. And we all want to bring others on that path. And it's the path to heaven. Amen. And we've got others that we want to bring along. But every once in a while, we're going to run into a bear on that path. And we're going to run into junk on that path. I've run into several bears in my lifetime. Um, many of them, once they see who I am, when they see me, they run. In the spiritual realm, you got to get that. When they see you, they run. That's why you don't see them a whole lot. They know who you are. And they're afraid of people, usually. Every once in a while, you get a few of them that all just like try to bluff you. And they'll come running at you. And you got to make yourself bigger than them. And you got to bluff them right back and say, in the name of Jesus, get out of here. And I've had to do that before. And they run. They're just bluffing. They're not going to, I mean, they, if, if they can take you out and you're going to run, they're going to take you down and take you out. And then I had one that didn't, he kept charging and kept coming and he didn't like me doing all this stuff. He must have been kind of a more powerful one, or he must have been able to intimidate people before. And this is not a good bear to have around, especially I got grandkids on my property. So I just took out my gun and shot him. We've got supernatural weapons. Come on. We got supernatural weapons. There should be no fear along the way. So when the bear comes on your path, you either show yourself to him and he says, whoops, that's okay, I see who that is. Or they'll come and try to bluff you. And you say, no, in Jesus' name, be gone. Come on, some of the trauma that's gotten on you, thank you so much. You can tell I have a little bit of a, thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Fresh Holy Spirit water. Oh, that's good. Thank you, Jesus. Where was I? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I know where it was. Sometimes when trauma comes upon us and we're on the path of life, you know, life happens. I mean, stuff takes place in our lives. We live in a fallen world. Junk can get on us. But we don't have to live in that trauma. We don't have to live in that junk. We are children of the king with a mission and a purpose. And we need to focus on that mission and purpose no matter what. No matter what our circumstances are. I don't care if you've had whatever. And I'm not going to name anything, but whatever it is that's messing with you. And by the way, anybody who has a doctor's report that they've got something, I'm going to pray for them today and that's going to be gone. Because you don't need to be carrying that junk. You're not a matter of fact. That's just the bear trying to intimidate you. You need to be about your father's business. Amen? And how can you, as a church... And I'm saying this corporately. How can we as a church be so concerned about what's affecting us and what's on us? And 
this circumstance and you don't understand what I've been through and oh woe is me and pretty soon we're so focused not on him anymore but focused on the circumstances and now we're living in those circumstances and now all of a sudden well, I couldn't come to church because I, uh, I couldn't do this because I, I couldn't go pray with you out there because uh, 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 because the circumstance is now controlling them. Come on, we've all been there. We don't live controlled by circumstances. We live controlled by the Holy Spirit. Amen? And you know what? Circumstance, you're going to have to line up. You're not going to intimidate me. I don't care how bad I feel. I don't care if I have to drag myself. You know how Pastor Brenda, she does all those things up there, dragging her leg, whatever. You move forward in Christ, because I only got a few short years left on this earth, and you're not going to hinder me. You're not going to intimidate me, and I'm going to move in what God has put me on this earth for, amen, and I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to walk and talk in Jesus Christ, because he is the king, amen. That's the attitude for 2020 that we need to get upon us, more and more and more. I know that you might have carried that in 2019, but we need to be in that attitude, Amen. Um, I use David Hogan again because I was just reading some of his stuff. But there was this guy that was dying. He was a Christian. He had um, lived his life pretty well, but then he kind of fell away. He's, he did a lot of things for God. And he got this disease where they said, and I'm not going to get into what it was, but they said he had about two months to live. So he goes to David Hogan. And he says, I've only got two months to live. Will you pray for me? And he says, no, I'm not going to pray for you. Uh, and the guy's first said, well, I'll do whatever it takes. I got money. I can live, whatever. I need to. I need you to pray for me. He says, well, here's what you're going to do. I'm not going to pray for you, but you're going to come and be with me for the next two months. We're going into the jungles. We've got to build some churches. We're going to lay hands on some people. You're going to come with me, and we're going to do this stuff. Well, you know what happened already, the answer to that. After about a month of doing what he was supposed to be doing and getting back to who he was in Christ and getting his life refocused on who he was. He had a, a doctor's appointment. So he came out of the jungles, went to the doctor's appointment. Of course, the doctor said all the stuff was gone. Not only is the stuff gone, but the diabetes you had is also gone. And the high blood pressure you had is gone. And matter of fact, you look like you lost a few pounds and you're looking pretty good. Why? Because his whole focus became on the Holy Spirit and the work of God. And yeah, he was sweating a little bit and doing a lot of work, but he was also in the presence of God. Why don't you turn in your Bibles? I'm going to show you a verse. I'm going to, oh, I don't know if I should read it. I'll, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse, what is it, Lord? Uh, 58. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 58. Chapter 50. I'm sorry. Chapter 15 verse 58. I must have messed him up on that one. I wonder how many can follow that. Thank you, Jesus. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Maybe we'll start with verse 57. I'll start with verse 57. It says, but thanks to God, be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen to this. So we've got the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, right? So here it is, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Be steadfast, be unmovable, 
Come on, be in the work of the Lord. No matter how much sweat it takes, no matter how hard it is in your flesh, no matter where circumstances, no matter what is happening, no matter what life is put on you, just wait a second. Maybe it says that in there. Maybe I'm reading it wrong. Maybe it says that if you got bad circumstances or if you had some sickness or trauma that you don't have to do that. Does it say that there? It doesn't, does it? Then why are you doing it? Ooh, <laughs> me too. This is, I'll put that on myself too. And again, we need to be immovable. We need to be steadfast. Always, not sometimes when we feel like it, but always abounding in the work of the Lord. Again, we just got a few short years on this earth. What's it really matter in the light of eternity if we did these other things and got all this other stuff? What really is going to matter and what's going to lay up treasures in heaven is, were you walking in the assignment that I gave you? Were you a good steward with what I had put in your hand? Did you do the stuff? Did you walk in it? Did you walk in it? Because really, when it comes down to it, that's all that's really going to make it through to the other side. That's all that really matters. The, th the last thing they all had, so they had a focused life. And even when life happened to them, and when circumstances happened to them, and every one of them went through some really hard stuff. And every one of us have went through some hard stuff. And if you live on this planet long enough, you're going to go through a lot more hard stuff. You will. That old saying I, we used to say all the time, it ain't what you've been through, but how you've been through it. That's really kind of biblical, isn't it? Because we're all going to go through it. But it's how you get through it. And I want to get through it serving my king, King Jesus. Amen? And I know that you all want to do that. You wouldn't have come here today if you didn't want that. You wouldn't have you know, spent this Sunday morning to be here unless you wanted to get a touch from Jesus. If you, you didn't want to get closer to Jesus. If you didn't want those things, you wouldn't be here. We all want that. And I'm telling you, it's possible. It's real. And maybe we haven't been living it the way we should. But that's okay because you know what? Here's the third thing they lived in. They lived in a repentant lifestyle. They lived in a prayerful lifestyle where they came boldly to the throne of grace. And received mercy and grace in their time of need. They lived a fasted lifestyle where they fasted of the things of this world so that they could get closer to the king of the universe. Repentance. Turn. Just turn and turn back to him. Pray. Talk to him. And fast from the stuff for a while. And get into the fire. And live in the fire. And don't come out. I want to live in that fire. Amen. Don't you want to live in that fire? I mean, you know, life, we, we build amusement parks because we need to amuse ourselves. But the greatest amusement park of all would be to live in the presence of the king of the universe. Doing the stuff of God. Seeing the dead raised. Seeing people brought back to life spiritually and emotionally and physically. Seeing salvation touch this nation in this area. That is the greatest thing that brings, would bring us joy. Amen, as a Christian.
I'm going to ask uh, Crystal should come up here. I got a lot more to say, but I think that it's time for some altar ministry. I really believe that today is a day that we're at a pivotal point in our lives, each and every one of us. Today is like the end of a year and the beginning of a new year is upon us. The time of fasting in our church where we corporately fast together. Okay, I'll tell this story. I don't know if I told it or not on fasting. Maybe I told you guys. I told it in the prayer room. Many years ago, and the person isn't here, but it was in this church, and I was a deacon. So, But the person isn't here that did this. We're in the middle of a 21-day fast, and we're like fasting and in prayer, and, and things are happening. And we're like right in the middle of that fast, a corporate fast, and stuff's happening in the church. And it was really cool. But we're having a meeting, and this guy walks in with a dozen donuts. And it was like, what? what is, I mean, come on, we're in the middle of fasting. Where, what's this? <laughs> We're calling all of you to lay that stuff down for a little bit, you know, and just come into a corporate fast and pray and fast and get into a repentance of heart. Just lay it all out before him. See, he's not looking for perfection. He's looking for someone to inhabit. And he wants to inhabit you and wash you clean. And then what he washed you clean with, you start touching other people and it gets all over them. And it's that simple. It's not about you. It's about him and you and him washing you and him touching other people through you so that when you lay hands on the sick, they recover because of him in you going through you touching them. I talked to this one guy that just had this really remarkable power, which I thought was his own, which, you know, it's silly to think that. He just touched people and they would all fall out. All of them, it seemed like. I mean, even those ones that are like, and I went to him and I says, how? how? How does that happen? He says, well, it isn't surely about me. He says, I just live so close to the presence of God that I'm so close to them that when they get close to me, I just take the, God's hand who's with me and I just go like that. And God touches me. It's that simple. It really is. There's people all around us that need Jesus. They need to get out of the trauma and the mess they're in. They need eternal life. And we've got the answer. Some of you came in here today with either a sickness or a disease that uh, the doctors have put on you. Um, if you would like to get rid of that right now, why don't you come on up and I'll pray with you. And I know that the God, Dr. Jesus, will touch you and it'll be gone. So if anybody has any sickness or a disease that the doctors have put on you, something that they said you have, come on up. And if I could have the ushers come up here and help me out a little bit. We're not done, but I just want to start here. So we're not done. Those that are still here, this isn't the end. we got more to do, okay? So I don't want you to think that service is over. We're just going to do the altar ministry and we're all going to go home. I want us to line up in a row close because I, in case someone goes out in the spirit, I don't want you hitting your head on the... Come, come a little closer, okay, in a line. Okay, do I have um, some ushers? 
Um, in a line, in a line, one single line, one single line. Okay, I, I want some ushers. Okay, what I would ask you to do, because this, this message was real, this was from, from God, right? So I want you right now to start repenting of anything inside you that you have that you need to get rid of. Not just the people lined up here, but all those out there too. Just begin to repent and say, God, I need to just get clean. I need to get clean. Emotionally, spiritually. And I am going to get clean of this dis-ease that's on me. Awesome. Begin to pray. Talk to God a little bit. And just as a conduit, I, I'm going to do what God says. Because he says, if you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. So I believe that, and you guys believe that, or else you wouldn't be up here, right? Amen. Do you all believe that? That if, okay. So thank you, Lord. Those that haven't come up, I want you praying and believing that, because faith works. Amen.